Hello. And welcome to the Conrad Life Report, episode 5, October 18th, 2018. Here are a few more seconds of this. So that is Garden of the Ark, which is a New York City-based trio consisting of Baxter Holland on bass and vocals, Craig Montoro on guitars, and myself on drums. And that is the first track that we have ever put out into the world. Um, It's called Where We Stand. And it was just released this week on this incredible compilation called, the name of the compilation is The Worldwide Organization of Metalheads Against Nazis. This is actually volume two. Volume one came out earlier in the year. So this is volume one of, or volume two of The Worldwide Organization of Metalheads Against Nazis. And it is 44 tracks long. Um, We are track 19, it looks like. Um, I'm I'm looking at the Bandcamp page right now, scrolling through here. So I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to read off some of the artists and some of the song titles so you can hear how absolutely incredible this sounds. Track one is by Ghoul. The song is called Nazi Smasher. Um, number four is Lib Trigger, Dethroning the Tyrants. Uh, let's see, track five by Red Bait, Dick Punch. Um, we have Void Ritual, Bastards, Twilight Fauna, Crooked Road. Um, I'm actually skipping over some of these with titles that look kind of hard to pronounce. Um, let's see, Dead Labor. Contributes Autumn Rains, Jucifer, White Lie, um, Filth Collins does Fashionable Fascism, and Bodies on Everest does I Quit My Stupid Fucking Job as a Mitsubishi Extractor Fan. Um, oh, here's a great one. Um, track 39, the artist is Vulgarian. The song is called Alt Reich. <laughs> Um, so, and the last song on the compilation is by Rampancy and the title is Moronization, which I think kind of sums up 2018. That'll be the theme, uh, Moronization, um, God help us. So, yeah, so that was, uh, you heard a few seconds of, um, where we stand by Garden of the Ark. So that's, that's a song that we recorded for our as yet still in progress debut album we recorded most of the basic tracks in the summer um, over a couple of days at the seaside lounge in park slope south slope brooklyn uh, recorded by charles burst um and currently we're just adding a whole lot of just overdubs guitar parts and a lot of mixing stuff most of which is being handled by 
our resident genius, Craig Montoro. Um, so yeah, we're excited to like being on this compilation sort of forced us to get one of these songs out into the world. So yeah, that one's called where we stand. Um, and can't wait to finish, finish the rest of them. Um, anyway, garden of the ark, I guess I'll take this opportunity to mention, we're going to play uh, St. Vitus in Greenpoint on Thursday, November 8th. Um, with a reptile dysfunction um, and uh, can't believe I'm forgetting right now. Um, <laughs> um, two other great bands because um, I've listened to them and they're great. Uh, maybe I'll look it up and I'll rem- at the end of the podcast I'll I'll bring it up again. Anyway, um, so Saint Vitus Thursday, November eighth, and it won't be a late show or anything. Probably we'll play around nine or something, but. Um, and if you haven't been to St. Vitus, it is a jewel in the recent New York City rock and roll venue um, pantheon. Just this incredible, really great vibe, cool, dark uh, place up on the up in the northern reaches of Greenpoint. Um, I highly recommend going, if not to our show, then to any show there because it is a fun, fun time. So yeah, so Garden of the Ark, hopefully there'll be more to come from from us. <laughs> um, anyway, guess we'll, um, I'm going to start off with some book stuff uh, quickly. So this morning I woke up at 6 a.m. so I could finish the last 20 pages of um, The Dark Forest, which is the second book in the Three Body Problem trilogy uh, by Sixen Liu translated from the Chinese, uh, came out in Chinese like 10 years ago. It came out in English like four years ago. Anyway, classic middle trilogy. It's very Empire Strikes Back. Um, it ends satisfyingly, but definitely on a kind of, um, sort of cliffhanger, but it is a satisfying ending for sure. And it's, it got so good in the middle that I read 200 pages in a 36 hour period, basically in every moment that I wasn't at work or occupied with Oliver or sleeping, I was, um, I was reading this book and tried to finish it last night after my DJ night at three's brewing, but I was just too tired. I made it through about 10 pages and I just decided to go to bed and wake up early and it was, it's outstanding. So today I, went to Barnes and Noble near work and I picked up Death's End, um, which is the third and final installment in the trilogy. And it is, of course, the longest one. Uh, this one is like 570 pages, something like that. And I can already tell that story-wise, it just gets even larger, like grander. Um, just an amazing story. I just, I mean, so, the, you know, these books, like, I think I mentioned in the past couple of podcasts that like it's been riding a lot on on the Barack Obama praise, but you know it's well deserved, and I'm 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 glad um, I'm glad that that quote is out there that they can use. Um, just can't stop thinking about this book and just um, you know our our place in the universe. Um, to uh, sort of go into some nice cliche forty somethingness for a second. I just find that more and more in my life I am thinking about 
um, the meaning of life and our place in the universe and the construct of time and the dimensions we can't see and just who we are is this like you know big bang universe number 69 million who knows um i think about these things and then of course it's going to be cliche to say also that whenever i hang out with my son you know all of (laughs) the place in the universe really kind of doesn't mean much to me anymore um but yeah i think about that stuff a lot so anyway this book is these books are highly recommended um, and along the same lines, I, uh, I ordered today the new Stephen Hawking book, which came out this week called Brief Answers to Big Questions, which I guess he was working on at the time of his death. He didn't finish his family, finished it for him by just gathering opinions. Um, like he, he had done an outline of the book and they just gathered opinions from his many existing writings, published opinions and it's sort of um, set up in a, here are all these big questions and here are his thoughts on it, which I'm very excited to read. I've actually looked at a physical copy of it, even though I've ordered it, and it seems like it's going to be something one can read in a couple of hours, which is going to be nice. Um, so um, I was thinking today about how this podcast has caused has motivated me to actually read a lot faster because I always want to like say that I finished something and have something I can discuss as a as a completed piece every week when I do this thing. So if anything, this podcast is good for getting me to um, read as much as possible. Um, oh, one other note I want to say I see in my notes here about um, the second book in that three body trilogy that I finished today. So it's called The Dark Forest. It's um I didn't it's about 520 pages long and it it isn't until about page 490 that you find out why it's called the dark forest and I love it when books do that you know they have a name you you know it must mean something but it isn't until you know you find out later what it means and then it's like ah oh, what a perfect title it really makes sense uh, the dark forest um is a perfect title for for that book um so Let's see. I guess that that's that's books for books for this weekend or for this week. Um, it was a sort of not a great week on the subway, on the F train, both in the morning and the evening, which means it meant that it was physically difficult for me to read books. Because um, you know, I can read a book in I'd say eighty five percent of a position I would find myself in on the subway, but. If you're just squished up next to somebody or you're in a corner or you just can't lift that book or with these huge paperbacks, you have to be in the middle of the paperback to be able to hold it with one hand. If you're at the beginning or end, there's just, too, you know, the weight distribution won't work one handed wise. Um, I guess these are these are um, arguments for using a Kindle or, or an e-reader, but I just um, I just don't want to look at screens any more than I have to. Um, trying to cut down on my addiction to screens. So anyway, that's books. Um, so continue on this, continuing on this sort of like um, city commuter bent. Last week I mentioned um, the New York City Ferry, and I wanted to talk a little more about the ferry because I think it's awesome. Um, I think it is incredibly fun and just wonderful and potentially really useful, although it's clearly in its opening stages and clearly doesn't support itself Financially, it's clearly subsidized by 
us um, city residents. But anyway, if you haven't ridden the New York City Ferry um, and you live here and you've seen those little white catamarans that are um, bopping up and down the East River and and a couple of them down into the Narrows and around to Rockaway. But um, so New York City Ferry operates several different lines, they call them, or their routes. And one route is the Rockaway route, um, goes down to Rockaway. Sort of the epicenter, by the way, of all of these routes is Lower Manhattan, Fulton Ferry, Brooklyn, that, that area. So Dumbo Pier 1 is a major um, transfer point, as is Wall Street Pier 11. So basically all of the lines are going to run through one of those. And um, so what we do, we meaning Oliver and me, um, Oliver and I, uh, because we, I always ride with him. We both love it. And he's gotten really, he's gotten to know the lines very well now. And he knows where we have to transfer and, you know, he's familiar with all the stops. So we usually get on at Pier 6 Brooklyn Bridge Park, which is at the foot of Atlantic Avenue. Um, that's the closest one to us. We can walk to it, but what's kind of um, unique about that stop is you go one stop north to Dumbo, but and that's where if you want to continue up the East River, you either have to transfer there or you have to go one further stop across to Wall Street and transfer there. Um, so basically, Pier 6, where we get on, is one stop below these two nexus points. So to go upriver, um, up north, we have to immediately transfer. We, we ride a stop or two and immediately transfer, But um, which is fine with us. We, we're into just hanging out, just getting on, getting off. So what I do is I use the app, um, the New York City Ferry app, and you buy a ticket, and it's like the MTA, where, um, like Metro North or something, where you have a ticket in your quote-unquote wallet, and then you activate it when you want to use it. <clears throat> so I don't know if they're stringent on the weekend, on the weekdays when commuters are using it, but on the weekends they seem to be not very stringent. They look at my, um, they look at my activate a ticket on my phone, but they don't ever really like, you know, scan it. So I, I just use it for the 90 minute period that it's, it's active. So we get on, Oliver doesn't have to pay. Um, I'm not sure what the official rules on that are, but he he just comes on with me and no one ever says anything. So ferry pulls in, you walk up, um, they look at your ticket, you get on, you walk in to the sort of um, the sort of main level of the boat into the interior, and uh, there's like uh, two aisles on the left and right with window seats, and then like five or six seats in the middle. Um, and most of these ferries have really nice um, snack bars and bar bars at the back, um, which also can't be paying for themselves because they have really good beer on tap, really high end snacks. Um, <clears throat> But I've been meaning to do a Friday after work commute home on one of these with my brother-in-law, Drew. It hasn't happened yet, but I will do it soon. Um, But anyway, so Oliver and I do this. We walk through the interior. We go straight to the back. You exit out the back um, outdoors, and then you go upstairs onto the exposed roof, and we just hang out there. And 
generally get on a side of the of the ferry that we want that we think will be advantageous to whatever view we desire that day and um yeah usually we just go a few stops uh because it's just fun to give have a little ride in and around lower manhattan and fulton ferry you know brooklyn bridge park area brooklyn but sometimes if we're feeling like a long ride like um last week two weeks two weekends ago a week and a half ago we went all the way up to um 34th street which is one of the northern terminuses um there's now an astoria line that goes far up there's a sound view line that goes up to sound view in the bronx and a month ago they opened the lower east side line so that goes up manhattan that hugs manhattan's um shore and it goes to two new stations there one of which is corlier's hook and one of which is Stuyvesant Landing. And both of these are tiny little like stops. They're basically floating, floating little cabins, um, which is these little tiny docks and the ferry pulls up. It's great. Um, Corlier's Hook, as you, if you don't know this little piece of New York City um, and prostitution history, Corlier's Hook is a little hook in Manhattan. If you're looking, that's just below on the East River Shore, um, just below the Williamsburg Bridge, it's that like you know hook essentially. If you're going north, you go around the hook and then you hook left, um, sort of in the northwesterly direction. And anyway, I guess Corlier's Hook used to be a quite seedy place of the city where you could find all sorts of um, red light activities. And the uh, women that used to uh, spend time in Corlier's Hook came to be known as hookers. So that is something that um, I think was somewhat mildly, very mildly in the news um, as a fun fact when the Corlier's Hook ferry uh, stop was announced. But I was first told about this at least 10 years ago by my friend Alex Tween, um, who is a fountain of of cool New York City facts like that. Um, Alex uh, from the great band, The Forms. Alex told me about Corlier's Hook. Pretty sure it was Alex. Anyway, so... Just about every weekend, Oliver and I go on this uh, ride on the ferry, and sometimes we spend hours on it, and sometimes we just spend 45 minutes. Um, but it is just a fun little thing. I can imagine that it's great to go with like a bunch of like your own age people and have a big fun party for an hour. I can imagine that it's really great to take a book and just go sit up in solitude, especially on a 50-degree gray day, and you can read a book and just look up at the city um, at your leisure. Um, and it's, like I said, it's $2 and 75 cents. It's, it's kind of amazing. And yeah, I have no idea what the future holds for the ferry, but for right now, I definitely like to take advantage of, of it. So last weekend, uh, Oliver and I did some more city, just, you know, weekend adventure stuff. <clears throat> we went to, uh, Greenwich village on Sunday with, Drew of my brother-in-law and my nieces, Olivia and Sophie, Oliver's cousins. We went over to the village and just walked around. Um, Drew lived for many years on Thompson Street, so he's got an affinity for that for that little part of the city. So we just went over there, got lunch, walked around, went to Washington Square Park, <clears throat> went to some record stores, and just came back. Um, you know, it's nice to go with no plans, and you know, we don't have any errands. We have to run or any any tasks we need to fulfill it's just let's just go over to the village walk around for an hour get something to eat and come home Um, it's a nice way to spend a couple of hours um 
so yeah, in, um, in the city was nice to go into generation records. I hadn't been in a while. So speaking of records, I listened to two new albums last week. Actually, I should say an album and a half. The first full album I listened to was the new Kurt Vile album called Bottle It Up. It is fantastic. It's a very upbeat Kurt Vile album. There's like, I mean, you know, relatively upbeat, but there's some real, just like almost rockers and some some fast BPM songs, you know, with the kind of like drum machine thing that Kurt likes to do. Really catchy, upbeat melodies. Um, it's not as hazy as some of his other records. Um, no, just like, I mean, all of his records are good, but I think you have to be in the mood for some of them. And this one, when I listened to it over the weekend, I was just like, ah, oh, this is exactly what I want to hear right now. And I immediately texted my friend Scott and or he wrote back right away, just in all caps, like, yes, yeah, so good. Like he wrote back like in 30 seconds. Um, so it's nice to share that excitement. So new Kurt Vile's great. Oh, and um, my friend Peter Cadis engineered and like mixed, uh, I think four songs on it um, up at his studio in Bridgeport. So that's nice to hear. Um, the other thing I listened to part of was Elvis Costello, the new Elvis Costello record, which is his first one in years, like five years or six years. And, you know, he hasn't, he's done basically for the last 20 years he's done, he's all over the map and genre wise. But this seems to be a very Imperial bedroom, mighty like a rose type 80s Elvis album where he just threw on a lot of just uh, the it's very lush and there's a lot of strings or if they're not strings specifically they're, they're they have that sort of character that aesthetic that english beatles george martini um regalness especially the first song which i can't remember off the top of my head but oh man so you know fire up your streaming service whatever it is and if you, the new elvis costello album is called look now and the very first song at least just really has that like air of this is a classic Elvis Costello song you're listening to. It's so exciting. Um, other music I listened to this week was uh, Duh, The Grateful Dead. Uh, this week in particular, because it was my monthly, our monthly Grateful Dead night at Three's Brewing. Um, my other two DJs, Bradley Goodman and Scott Devendorf, couldn't make it. So I was flying solo. So I basically DJed for three and a half hours. Um, what I like to do when I spin these dead songs is I try not to play anything that's been released. So IE nothing, absolutely nothing. That's like, you know, you can buy or listen to on Spotify or anything, but also I don't even like to play like the soundboards or audience recordings of shows that have been released. So I try to pick um, a show that, you know, you can't just like stream or anything easily. So it's kind of hard because there have been so many now official releases over the years, which is great. Um, but there's a, there's a website that you can, you can go through list list chronologically every dead show that's been officially released in some capacity, even if it's only like one song of it made it on a compilation. So that's like a good list to cross check. Um, you can reference that. It's like, Oh, okay. This was released as Dick's picks 14 back in 2003. So I'm not going to use this. Um, but by the end of the night, I got I actually got some requests for a couple of songs, and looking on the hard drive I have uh, had on me, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to dig into the Pacific Northwest box set that just came out, which I don't own because um, I didn't feel like dropping all the money for it this time. But um, 
a friend of mine ripped it, Scott ripped it for me, and so I do have the digital file, so I played um, Brown-Eyed Women, and then uh, Big River later on, and The Race is On, and it was really great, it was near the end of the night, and the, the brewery was kind of emptying out, uh, but pleasantly, and the sound was really good in there and the sound on this official recording is great. You know, these ones that I played at the very end and big river is the Johnny cash song. And this is a 1974 version. And, you know, Jerry Garcia is in a plus form and it's just so upbeat and brisk and really fast playing. And this couple that was at the bar, they were in a, with a group of friends, this, this couple, they were, they were like tall and really attractive, both of them. And they just started dancing like country swing dancing in the middle of big river. And it was such a sight to see. And I, it was awesome. Like my friend Howard and I looked at each other and smiled and like Kyle, the bar manager came over and he's like, wow, look at this. And, um, it's just a, just a cool thing. And they danced for about a minute then they stopped. And then the last song was my last song of the night was the race is on the, um, the old Don Rollins song that the dead covered. And that we are saying, and again, it's like it's an upbeat country song, and they danced a little more. Just a really nice thing, and I thought, you know, this is a nice song to wrap it up on, and on wrap it up on that dance. So I packed up, you know, and you know, packed up my stuff. Scott's tie dye table table cover, and <clears throat> went home. Nice way to end the night. Let's see, uh, what else did I want to discuss? I think we're getting close to the end. I'm, kind of glad we wrapped things up um or i think last week we went over 30 minutes kind of want to keep it under 30 minutes we're at 2550 now beer um i didn't drink any new beer this week and i know that because i like a nerd use that untapped app but um friday i stopped in at bar great harry on smith street um local bar my local bar and i got a rushing duck baby elephant and it's very good just like a nice um kind of crushable IPA as they call it and I checked it in on untapped and it said congratulations this is your second check-in on this beer and I was like oh when did I have this last and you can look it up and it was like oh I had it about a year ago um at Bar Great Harry um and then at Three's Brewing I was drinking Smiling Politely which is their new Keller beer that I think I talked about last week um still excellent if you go to Three's you should try the Smiling Politely and um that's it, I think. Let me look at my notes. Anything else of interest? Uh, no, that's it. Um, weekend's coming up, and I have no grand plans, which is great. I think I will watch the big Michigan-Michigan State game, um, see if my alma mater can overcome the curse of losing uh, the big games, which they kind of did beating Wisconsin last weekend. Um and that's it. Just uh, some adventures with the family, I I, I assume. Um, oh, yes. One last thing. Went to Prime Meats for a beer after my haircut on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. And Prime Meats, as you may or may not have heard, the, the great Frankie's owned restaurant in Carroll Gardens is going to cease to exist next month and it's actually just going to become part of the new expanded frankie's frankie's is one door down and they actually connected the back apparently so it's all going to be one big restaurant but i was talking to the longtime bartender jeff who recognizes me as a somewhat regular from over the years and he assured me that things would still be awesome which i believe him um 
And uh, I talked about the New York Times article that broke the news like a month ago. And there was a quote in it from the Frankies, the owners, that said, we're going to change the music a little bit. There won't be as much Grateful Dead on the playlist. And I brought that up. I was like, come on, what are you doing? And um, he laughed and he said, you know, more than any other line in that New York Times article, that's what the regulars have been like bringing up and complaining about, um, you know, probably jokingly complaining about, somewhat jokingly, I guess. Um, but anyway, looking forward to, uh, that. And I have a dinner at prime meets next week with, um, some old friends. So I'm very much excited to have like a final big dinner there. Um, all right. So that's it. Oh, we're at 28 minutes, 40 seconds. I'll be able to get in bed soon and, and start and continue reading this death's end. I have like 560 more pages to go. Uh, let's see. Well, should I do a little more of this? Um, I think we'll go out on a few more seconds of, of our Garden of the Ark song. Where is it here? Track 19. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll like kind of skip over to the middle a bit. Um, it's a long song. Well, it's not a long song. It's like, what is it? Four and a half minutes? It feels long when you're recording, I'll tell you that. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. October 18th, 2018. Conrad Life Report, Episode 5. Have a great week. See you next week.